Hello and welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will try to be nice to movies but may indeed end up having to slice and dice them. Each and every month there's a theme and as it's March I'm doing Mega Monster Movie March. To wrap things up, I'm looking at Gareth Edwards' directorial debut, Monsters, but to us by Vertigo Films, the low-budget docu-film where two people have to escape giant alien monsters who we barely bloody well see and this is Gorilla even filming a 101 no permits no script and no actors well kinda the idea for this came to writer director Edwards when he was on holiday and he saw fishermen pulling in huge crabs and he thought wow what if that was an alien life form and life just went on as usual because it's the usual and nothing strange about it so there we have it with a bare bones script as i says no permits and an actual couple playing the couple but with off the shelf cameras how in the fuck did this guy get godzilla or a star wars film to film i mean uh, let's just find out here with its $500,000 budget, this thing pulled in at $4.5 million, starring Scoot McNary and Whitney Abel, directed by Gareth Edwards. The plot, six years after a NASA space probe crash-landed on Earth, did a huge alien monster spawn from the contents. Now, in an alternate 2017, I think it is, a photojournalist and his girlfriend must make it back to America through the alien-infested land. Will this suffice? Find out here. So, after the logos, up pops text telling us six years ago NASA found life on other planets in our solar system. I think it was Jupiter's, uh, one of Jupiter's moons I think it was, or some moon. It doesn't actually tell you, so hmm. So, they sent a probe to collect it. Upon returning, it crashed lands in Mexico, and now the whole country and the lower part of America is infested with huge alien monsters. So, uh, the US and Mexican government put up, in effect, a quote-unquote infected zone, and put up a wall to keep the monsters at bay, and left the rest of the country to run wild, or run to rot, yeah, you're trying to say to me that the whole of Mexico and the lower part of America is left to rot? So that's all of the oil in Texas, all of California, the entire West Coast, and the US government didn't put a fucking fight up to get rid of these monsters? Utter bollocks! Anywho, the film opens up on night vision footage of a military Hummer picking up our to quote-unquote heroes from a Texas gas station. They're Andrew, played by Scoot McNary, and Sam, played by Whitney Abel. Real-life couple. Oh, they're not aware they were divorced, but at the time they're a real-life couple. The military escort is attacked by a barely-seen giant walking squid-like creature. A jet fighter takes it down, and up pops the titles. And I hate it when we pull this shit... They start the end of the movie as the beginning of the movie and then rewind it to show you what the fuck happened. This is tired and old. Enough of this trope Hollywood for fuck's sake. 
So days earlier, we see Andrew at a destroyed building asking firemen where the survivors went. It's been seven years, or several years even, since the aliens took over part of America. Would the world even care anymore? Why is this photojournalist even in Mexico taking pictures in the fucking first place? I mean, okay, I get that this is 11 years old and this was extremely low budget, but sweet mother of all that's bejeezable, the CGI effects look piss fucking poor. Like, PlayStation 2 cutscene poor. I mean, Jesus Christ, maybe they could ask for a little bit more money say another half a million to add it to the effects because these effects look like shit i mean i know in the behind the scenes documentary which by the way do not watch it's too urgent of your life you'll be fucking wasted it shows you the director out of a little camcorder filming various things and say oh look a bit of cgi helicopter here and a cgi boat here and a cgi monster here and a cgi helicopter here there everywhere and oh my god it's so fucking boring god anywho andrew is then driven to a hospital to see the survivors and take photographs? Uh, nope. Here he is to find Sam, a... I mean, what the fuck? As the footage I thought was the ending was actually the opening attack. Uh, this is confusing because at the end it shows you they don't get attacked, so... And she's got, uh, got a broken arm and this is messy and it's a fucking complete joke. But moving the fuck right on. I love the fact that this is a real fucking hospital. The actors aren't actors. That is a real nurse uh, who couldn't even speak fucking English and hadn't ever got a clue what this guy was talking about. Some sort of monster attack thing. They paid her 10 bucks and then hightled it the fuck out there before security came and arrested them. They had no fucking permits. I mean, God almighty, Gorilla Filming 101. Anyway, after wandering through this real hospital with real patients, Andrew finds Sam with her arm in a sling. She says it's unbroken, but it looks pretty fucked up to me, so, hmm. I mean, she said it's just sprained. Then why the fuck is she kept in hospital overnight? Sent her home with a sling and a few fucking painkillers, and I'll be ten grand, thank you very much. I mean, Jesus, jinkies. Anyway, outside, Andrew is then on the phone to his boss, who is also Sam's father, telling him to get her back or else he is fired. What the fuck is going on here? So with no choice, Andrew escorts Sam back to America. So driving to a train station, Sam asks the taxi driver if he feels safe living with alien attacks constantly. He says, where else would he go? He is too poor to move and besides, he has no choice. The monsters barely attack. Why are they evacuating the city? Uh, the, the, the system, evacuating the city? Then I mean, this makes no fucking sense. Also, you tried to tell me that people still live in Mexico, America, with these huge creatures, and the government didn't even evacuate them until seven years later. Utter fucking bollocks! But we must swallow this ridiculous piece of shit. On the train, Andrew snaps pics of dead aliens and the destruction from the attacks. So while on the train, these two try to connect awkwardly and these two have no chemistry whatsoever. I'm shocked these two were married for nine years with two kids. I mean, what in the fuck? These people have zero chemistry. Also, Hollywood, not every man and woman must fall in love in every fucking movie. Enough of this tired bullshit stereotype. 
Jesus Christ. Later that night, the train is attacked. Again, we don't see the fucking monster. So Sam and Andy just jump off the fucking train. Now stuck in the middle of the quote-unquote infected zone, they head to a small village to ask for a map, also written back to the United States. A villager tells them they've got 40 hours to get back to America before the government seals the entire coast. Shouldn't you have done that seven years earlier? I mean, I shouldn't have evacuated the entire fucking country, but moving the fuck on because this makes my head explode if I think about this any fucking longer. Over dinner, the villager asks if they are indeed a married couple. They both strongly deny it. Also on TV, it shows um, a cartoon propaganda of how to put on a gas mask when you see an alien creature. Again, this gas mask thing is not explained and goes absolutely fucking nowhere. So later at night, Andy watches on TV the airstrike, the US rather, airstrike killing yet another bloody alien monster. I think this is the same footage from earlier, they just reused it time and time and time again because it's that fucking cheap. Anyway, next morning, Andy wastes time taking photographs of children in a village wearing gas masks. Hello mate, two days to make a hundred, sorry, a thousand kilometres, that's 621 miles through uneven ground, jungles, etc, etc, while trying to avoid alien attacks and human pirates. Yeah, mate, you've got time to waste taking pictures. That'll be fine. I mean, moving on. I wonder how much they actually paid this entire family to be in this film. 10, 20, 50 bucks? What? Anyway, the hitchhike, that's a great fucking plan there, get taken to the next village where, handily, there's a bus waiting for them to take them to safety. Andy then asks the locals where the creatures are and they say they were all killed three years ago. Then why is the government locking up the fucking coastline if the aliens were killed three years earlier? God. Also, here Sam asks him how he can profit from a disaster. He says, quote, what like a doctor does? Yeah, mate, you're taking pictures. No one will give a fuck about in about two or three days later. Well, doctors actually save fucking lives. There's a fucking difference, you twat. And also, this guy's a fucking annoying moron. All he does is constantly snap photographs of his cheap off-the-fucking-shelf Nikon camera for crying out loud. Oh, my God. The bus takes them off to a harbour 44 miles away. As on the ride, Andy tells Sam her dad will pay $50,000 for one photograph of an alien. Utter bollocks! Most paparazzi frogbers only get paid between five and fifteen thousand dollars per photograph, not fifty thousand fucking dollars. So fuck you. Anyway, along the road, somehow they're off the bus and in the back of an SUV where Andy snaps yet more fucking pics. Also, it shows him in front of a wall art of the army killing aliens. I mean, what the fuck? And note, all of the signs and the wall arts are CGI uh, creations. Anyway, now at the harbour, so they made it 621 miles with a single alien attack, yet they had to leave the train for an alien attack reasons. Something fucking happened already. We're 25 minutes into this hour and 30 minute fucking movie and nothing has fucking happened. Somehow, the two managed to get tickets on the final boat leaving to America, even though it showed the ticket office has all been closed down for weeks. Oh uh, my god. On the boat, as a sane saying, quote, 
Passage to America, free gas mask, $5,000, no passport, no visa required, unquote. Bullshit! In Trump's America, they let people in with no papers for as little as $5,000? I fucking think not. I mean, okay, I will buy NASA found life on one of Jupiter's moons, and they sent a probe within six years to pick up a life sample, which crash-landed on Earth that somehow muted into huge alien creatures, which is not actually fucking explained, but moving on. And I will swallow that two governments left Mexico and half of America to be overrun by these things, but I will simply will not believe America would let in refugees without fucking papers. My god, moving the fuck on, Sam tells the ticket seller they can't pay a ten grand, so he tells them they can go through the infected zone if they wish. Uh, I thought they were in a fucking infected zone, what the fuck? And they have to pay up but must spend the night as the boat leaves at 7 o'clock in the morning. So, that night, yet more awkward bonding between these two. He has he wants a drink, but she wants to have nothing but a shower. On TV, it reports 100 monsters are attacking three different cities, but nowhere near the coastline. So it'll be fine. While she's in the shower, he calls home to tell his kid he'll be home soon, as it shows on TV footage of a NASA rocket exploding, crashing to Earth. And this is where the alien life force come from. Again, it doesn't tell you how they mutate into giant fucking, uh, what are they, squid and octopus creatures, but moving the fuck on. Cut to them on a date. Where the fuck did this come from? Because she's engaged and he's divorced. She was very standoffish to him before she went to the shower, but now they're in love because Hollywood's movies 101. And okay, I get this was shot in 2009 and this is real places in Mexico. Belize, Costa Rica, America, and Guatemala. But I'm not buying it six years into an alien takeover of part of the world, and the governments are struggling to fight off these alien creatures. This just feels like a fucking travel log with plenty of happy people, food, water, and none of one, sorry, no one is afraid to die. I mean, they're supposed to be constantly under attack of these gigantic 100 foot plus alien monsters, but yeah, it's fine, they're partying and having street events and such and blah 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 blah. Yet, this city is supposed to be under constant alien attacks every single fucking day. I'm just not buying it. Moving on because I have an hour left somehow. On the date, they come across a church that has a candlelit vigil for the dead and please for the love of God tell me Edwards didn't crash some poor family's funeral and stuck this in, because that is in fucking serious bad taste. Moving the fuck on, because this movie's awful. Both Sam and Andy are shocked at all the dead people, and all the people that are mourning. Uh, what the fuck did you expect, Sunshine Lollipops? Aliens have taken over part of the fucking planet, for fuck's sake, you fucking morons. You're shocked that people are dead? Oh my god, it says on the wall mural that there's 100,000 people died in that city alone. Ah, uh, this movie is... Mm. Later, in a bar... Where the fuck did all the booze and all the food and all the supplies come from? Didn't the villagers say in two days the government was going to close the entire coastline? Do I know something? Fuck this movie. As they have yet more awkward fucking bonding. I don't give a fuck. Get to the fucking alien attacks. These two have no fucking chemistry. Anyway, now drunk. It's a great idea that I may have a hangover while going through the infected zone. And they... 
sloppily hits on Sam. She's completely uninterested and sends him packing as on TV explains how aliens mate, yet not how they got to that gigantic fucking size. If it was only a teeny tiny little bit of bacteria, how in the fuck did it mutate to these gigantic sea-like creatures? Moving the fuck on because the movie doesn't even tell me. Sam removes her cast and then her engagement ring. What's it all been? Who the fuck cares? As back with Andy at the bar, he does shots of tequila as a brown idea already drunk me. We'll just get more drunk. Next morning, Sam wakes up, Andy finding him in bed with a woman, telling him they have mere minutes to get to the ferry. Wait, they aren't leaving together? He's staying and she's going alone? She's also pissed off she caught him in bed with another girl? Why the fuck should she care? They are not dating, she's engaged to be married into a rich family. He chases after her, dressed only in his boxer shorts. He then tells her to board the ferry, but she says she can't as he has his passports. What the fuck? So, he returns to the hotel to find all his stuff is gone, including the tickets and both their passports and all their money. Yet, she leaves the camera? What the fuck? Anyway, I'll teach you to pick up a streetwalker, mate, and leave her alone in your own hotel room, you fucking moron. Gentlemen, PSA here. Think with your big head, not your little head. Uh, Andy returns to the ferry ticket office to demand a ticket. He tells the ticket guy tells him to fuck off. So now they are well and truly fucked. They have no chance. It's the infected zone or nothing. Before they leave, the ferryman charges them ten thousand dollars. What the fuck? Fuck right off. So, he has made $15,000 off these two idiots in less than two days. Sam hands over her wedding engagement ring, and this con man agrees to give them passage to through the infected zone. How the fuck did Andy know he didn't get set up by this idiot and steal all their money and passports and the tickets to sell them on a black market? Oh my god. God, as I says, why the fuck should you leave the Nike on camera? I don't give a shit, frankly. Cut to the two of them heading to the quote-unquote infected zone via truck. They jump into a small boat heading to the infected zone. So no army stops them then. No one says no. This is just fucking lazy ass writing. One quick stop at the police zone and they're through. Again, lazy fucking writing. Now in the truck, they head to a village and hire a boat captain. Minutes later, and they're on the river. I really don't give a fuck. This is dragging. This is so dull, so boring, and this is getting beyond ridiculous to fucking swallow. Hours later, they stop for gas. The boats both get off, and they're spooked of some creepy-ass fucking dolphin noises. Ooh, spooky. More awkward bonding, as Sam asks about Andy's son. Andy tells her it was from a short-term relationship, less than two months, and he barely sees a kid, yet he has to pay for him. Okay then. Moving the fuck right on, the boat breaks down on the river, as night falls, it's attacked, so of course the idiot Andy takes photographs. Yet the boat gets away, and you're good to see the fucking monster. This movie is just working my last fucking nerve, frankly. By morning, they 
almost at the border, they sail past sunken shipwrecks, and Andy snaps pictures. The boat captain throws them off when he tells them to take... So he tells them to go with a gang, and it will take them to the border, because he's not going off the river, because the river's apparently safe, you know, you just need some festive fucking aliens moving the fuck on. That night, at a campfire, Andy asked the gang, how far is it to America? They say it's very, very close, but they must wait for another family to show up before they get to the border. The gang members say the creatures don't attack unless you attack them. Also, the US planes piss them off, hence why they attack the US border continually. The gang then shows them some sort of glow-in-the-dark fungus, which they say is an alien infestation. So, what does Andy do? Why, he touched it, of course, because he's a fucking idiot. As later that night, the two bond again. This time, he fixes her, her bandage, and she snuggles into him. Much later that night, over the radio, we hear an alien attack somewhere extremely close. The gang grab guns, and he loses his camera, because one of the gang members stole off him. The gang drives into the fight as an alien attacks, so the gang leaves Sam and Andy behind. The alien eats the gang members, then attacks the cars. Somehow there's a family in this somewhere. And yet the alien monster, which we barely fucking see, just leaves Andy and Sam's SUV alone. As next morning, Andy checks out the carnage, finding there's barely any bodies and there's no guns. Only the trucks are completely destroyed. Andy then finds his camera in a, in a wreckage and just leaves. Now, totally and utterly fucked, they head towards the wall. With no food, no water or weapons, they walk miles to the wall and still see no fucking aliens. Sam has to stop to pee. While doing so, she spots a pyramid, so they head to it for reasons. As on top of it, they see the wall still miles away, but it's fucking gigantic. Instead of climbing down and finding a way to the wall, Andy talks about how boring his perfect life is, how boring his home like his home is, and how dull his job is. Suck it up, buttercup. Actually, can he still just die already? I hate him and she's just nothing. Next morning, somehow they're across a river and heading to the wall, still trying to connect. I don't give a French fried titty fuck. Get on with this fucking movie. Somehow this still has fucking half an hour, I believe. I mean, this is fucking dragging. Once I reach the wall, there's no guards, no cops, no military, nothing. Utter bollocks. There's a gigantic gate just lying wide opened. So just walk into America, past a wrecked town, and they stick on their gas mask, finding a dead alien, which Andy takes pictures of, but of course... On the walk to the evacuation centre, three miles away, as night falls, they see a gas station and head there to call for help. The police operator sends an army patrol and tells him to sit tight up there in a matter of an hour. As a thunderstorm rolls in, Andy calls his kid yet again. Suddenly an alien attacks, killing them both. The end. Bollocks! Nope, that's not how this one ends. This is what actually happens. An alien sneaks up to the gas station, even though it's 328 feet fucking tall, and must weigh dozens of tons. Also, every time you hear this thing, or rather, every time you see it on screen, multiple times, you hear this thing coming, yet this thing sneaks up, because it's got silent mode, apparently. It sends out tentacles to find if Sam 
is hiding behind a counter, as on TV it shows the alien attack from the start of the movie. So they're stuck in a time loop, or is this just lazy editing? Outside, Andy watches two aliens mate. Both he and Sam stare with tears in their eyes. Yeah, love, this is called real chemistry. Also, why isn't Andy snapping away, or is that too far too erotic for him? Seconds later, the female walks off, and so does the male. God, that was quick, leaving Sam in awe. See, ladies, it could be worse, it could be less than three seconds, with barely any touching and foreplay. Oh, that's straight sex, hmm. The armies show up as a thunderstorm rolls in. Sam and they kiss, the male alien senses this is all sorts of wrong, and goes to break it up. As the both are taken off in Hummers, end of the movie. Or it shows you what happened at the beginning of the movie. The Hummers get attacked by this gigantic male alien and blows it to fuck. So, that was a monster's boring, slow, dumb, with ridiculously cheap CGI and no fucking story. This movie insults your intelligence and the acting is blander than fucking dry toast. The leads have no chemistry. I'm surprised I actually got money and had fucking kids. This is just a chore and a bore fest. Just avoid this fucking thing. One out of ten. Still, come back next week as I look at Avengers Leftovers, which is the Hulk and Thor movies. Now don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's a Johnny's A Pod. Check out my franchise podcasts such as Aliens, Predators, Predator rather, Captain America, Resident Evil and many more. Also my solo podcast of The Thing, Blade, The Stuff and many, 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 many more. Uh, bye. And remember, I watch these bad movies so you don't have to. Mm.